Welcome everybody to the part two of my podcast with industry leaders, Dave and Abby from Deloitte, talking about the future of LNA and group insurance. So let's kind of dive deeper into a couple of areas. First in the buyer demographics, Dave, you talked a little bit earlier about the future of work and you know the different types of employees and their expectations are shifting in the types of products and value-added services that they're expecting from their employers and the employers that are expecting from the insurers. Talk a little bit more about that, what you guys are seeing. You know, it's interesting because uh, we we talk about the employees having, you know, different uh, experiences or demanding different experiences and more personalization. I think we have to look at the buyers too on the employer side. I think, you know, a lot of the, you know, new generations are coming into leadership positions in organizations and they want to buy differently. Uh, Uh They want to engage differently. And so I think that's another you know, another piece of pie in terms of thrusting organizations to further digitize and meet the expectations of that new generation who is used to doing things in, uh, you know, on their cell phone and um, not having to be handheld through through everything. And even for the uh, employees who are collecting their benefits, how do you educate them? And I think there's got to be more done there, a big opportunity there to better educate employees on the on the benefits that are out there what is appropriate for them, what do people like them have, and why should they have it to be able to generate demand in this type of environment. Yeah, and then that one, you know, another sort of, you know, adding adding on to that is, you know, how do you, if you, if you look at, you know, enrollment as a process and the bigger challenge, uh, historically, the group insurers have been facing is how do you increase that mind share, right? Better share of mind of that end employee, if you will. Right, because my my logical mind straight away goes to medical insurance and I'm done. But then you know there are all these other products. There is life. There is LTD, STD, and new products that offering. You know how do you increase their mind share, bigger chunk of it, and use that education to drive those sales, if you will. Yep, absolutely. And, and for insurers, you know that further complicates matters. And again, if you to to what I had previously said, like you know B two B two. To see, right? Uh, you know, where, where insurers are not present, right? Uh, that's controlled by the employer, or in some instances, that's that experience is controlled by the benefit administrators, right? Mm-hmm. How do you hook into that to even drive that digital experience or, or have that contact with that employee, right? And then, how on top of that, to your point, you know, how are you going to sell voluntary if you don't have access to them? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, all fascinating sort of, you know, concepts, you know, to, to think about. Yeah. And so, Denise, you, know, you had also mentioned earlier about, you know, portability. And I think anytime uh-huh. there's a big dislocation, I think that, you know, all of a sudden there's a, a big need potentially for portability and, and kind of pushes the envelope on it. Uh, but I, I agree with you from your, your comments before that that's a missed opportunity to be able to maintain customers longer term and to have that ability, you know, really entrenched in and, and the ability to recognize when, the, when, when, uh, when, it, when it's there to be able to take advantage of it. And to be able to sell into that with additional, you know, offerings that you might have. Yep, it's really traveling the life cycle journey of a customer wherever they might start, or in multiple touch points, and taking them all the way through. Agreed. So, one of the other areas, kind of to dive a little bit deeper into, is this whole digital thing, and and how COVID has really accelerated this. That I think in some cases actually exposed some of the lack of digitization for insurance companies. 
So the need for contactless technologies, the types of digital experiences that are much more personalized and engaging versus just a standard portal where you enroll into say, you know, your benefits. What areas are you seeing as priority areas that insurers are beginning to work on and how does that change their operating model? Well, that's a nice, easy question. Ah, isn't it though? <laughs> the fact is that when you look at customer experience across all stakeholders, it's now changed and the expectations are accelerated. I think the challenge a lot of carriers have is that in legacy environments, it can be difficult to enable that kind of digitization. And sometimes you can fake it. But there's some things you just can't fake. If you have a billing process that takes 24 hours, it's hard to demonstrate that a bill was paid and reflected immediately, right? So you, you try and fake it till you can make it sometimes. But it's also created clear impact in terms of some of the core system capabilities where it's not that the core systems don't work and do what they're supposed to do, but it's that their legacy nature prevents you from being able to move down the digitization path. And that's why we've seen so much movement and in the core space over the last few years, I think, or one of the reasons. Uh, it also creates a, a situation where as they start moving business onto it, you know, the migration becomes really important because putting a new system out there is, is great, but trying to get all your current book over there is where you really get the payback. And the duration of what it takes generally to migrate business, it's, it's usually many years. And so your operating model is bifurcated for, for years as you're trying to work on that. And it's very difficult and very expensive to try and get a consistent customer experience across those. It makes some difficult decisions, I think, for, for carriers in terms of how to deal with that. Or make some strategic choices, right? Technology is like, like we talked about, you know, one aspect of the operating model, right? A uh, big one, obviously. But how do you make strategic choices in, you know, if it's going to take multi-years, several years to sort of you know, transform, uh, digitize your core, and how do you drive that incremental sort of capabilities still uh, strategically leveraging whatever you want to use, right? Whether you want to use AI, whether you want to use data and analytics, whether you want to use, you know, connectivity as a strategic play, you know, th there's still optionalities, if you will, if you can think through that you can layer on top of some of these programs as your operating model changes to still sort of, you know, uh, drive better experiences to your customers, both employee and employers. Well, one of the other areas that kind of ties into all of this focus on innovation. And I think that, you know, initially out of the crisis, everybody was focused on just keeping the business running and being able to kind of respond to the crisis in a virtual type of a world. But it has not stopped innovation and it hasn't stopped an investment in InsureTech, as you pointed out, Dave. So we're still ripe for innovation in this segment. What areas should insurers be focused in on that maybe some of their competitors are focused in on that may be a blind spot for them? I can take that. So, so a couple, couple of thoughts there. I, I think the historically the industry was bifurcated even in terms of uh, old school, some sort of you know, group insurers, still antiquated ways of doing things. But we have seen over the last five odd years that innovation uh, index picked up significantly. And innovation means multiple different things to multiple different people, right? And you can digitize and call yourself innovative. You can drive those incremental uh, enhancements and call yourself innovative. But from a business standpoint, I think what, where we will see innovation taking place would be predominantly in areas such as claims. So in the on the disability side, you know, how do you leverage data to drive better decision-making, better sort of visibility into 
what what is the state of affairs uh, for from a disability standpoint can i predict you know, when certain employees or trends you know when certain employees are going to uh, go on leave so i can manage my operations better in in mission critical industries right on the front end or the front office side of things the innovation that uh, i foresee would be mostly around you know how, how do you better sort of you know leverage modern technology cognitive or otherwise to read contracts if you will right how do you especially if you look at you know large case market um, where where you sell first and then you look at the prior carrier contracts to look at you know what terms uh, were promised by the previous sort of you know carrier now that that is my customer and how do i meet those terms and heck i don't even know what those terms are going back to that document right like how do i attract and how do i um how, how do i still sort of efficiently analyze and interpret what those terms are so i can ultimately set up and set up those customers profitably within my operations and technology environment and i can serve them profitably right and then the middle piece then if you talk about things around you know case installation and if you talk about things around you know eligibility files and if you talk about you know time and attendance type information you know uh, how, how do i seamlessly and rapidly ingest some of that uh, in, into my you know operations and uh, again uh, consistent theme across all you know front middle or back that there will be innovation across the value chain and, and technology will continue to sort of uh, play a big role over there a few additional thoughts there well, you know one is you know, innovation i think a lot, a lot is happening on the product side looking at new products that can be brought to market new particularly voluntary offerings that can be you know brought to mix that are things that that employees are looking for and that some other innovative carriers even outside of group are are offering um that could be brought into the group context uh, when you think about some of the you know innovators coming into the market and trying to compete you know they they tend to have a really slick front end experience and they're really focused on on the experience angle of it but the fact is insurance is a highly regulated business and the back end you know having the product defined and and understanding all the regulations and rules is something that they've generally struggled with and and been a barrier to them succeeding and the question is how will that you know change and i know that you know regulatory bodies have started to use or put in place a task force to help educate the different regulatory bodies in the states around innovation to perhaps open some of those doors and make it not quite so onerous for that competition to come in uh, which could be an interesting outcome of all of this to be honest yeah, yeah. and and not to forget like you know products is one piece but uh, we do see conversations now shifting towards services as well right yes can you sort of you know bundle value added services you know eap been an example okay that's one but what else can you offer you know uh, from a service standpoint that may be ancillary or adjacent to this market right so how do you offer sort of you know services uh, in addition to just the products and and still sort of drive that growth uh, top line I've often said that that's the low-hanging fruit. Those are that, that's the easy thing to really begin to offer, and customers are willing to pay for that. Whether it's an individual or an employee, our research shows that they're ready and willing to do it because it makes their lives easier because they kind of get that bundled kind of approach. You know, yeah, it's funny. It's, Denise, it's a few years ago, it was, there was less of that, right? It was it was yeah. almost a loss leader and a requirement, and now everybody's begging everybody because the, the regulatory environment is getting so much more complicated. Everybody's like. I will pay for this now. <laughs> Take it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but but again sort of the thing to note over there is yep 
you know, if your research is suggesting, you know, employees are wanting to buy, you know, more value-added services, you know, that's that's one thing. But how do you, where and how are you going to offer those, right? And going yep. back to my earlier sort of, you know, discussion around, are you present at the right customer hub, right? To be able to offer those services because you just don't have access, unfortunately. Or can you get the data that you can then access some of this customer and offer those services? Big, big discussion. So how, how do you change that approach? Yes. Yeah. I mean, insurances, we just had this conversation last week with all the executives, you know, insurance is often sold, uh, not bought. And how do you change that paradigm is going to be something to think about. Yeah. So this segment's really poised for a lot of change. What do you guys, each of you, and I'll start with you, Dave, what's your view and what um, do you think will be the areas of acceleration of change over, you know, from a digital transformation standpoint? I think digital is just one piece of it, right? I think you know, creating more modular products that give you a better ability to be able to personalize your offerings to your constituents. I think that, and I don't want to discount that, it's a combination probably of, you know, modularity of your products, but also new product offerings and having a broader portfolio that you can bring to bear. A huge change that I think we'll see over the next few years. I think there's a number of carriers who have outsourced certain capabilities over the, in the past. And I think that they may be looking to try and bring those in to have more control over the overall experience. And I think that's a trend that I think we'll continue to see over the next few years. I think that it almost reminds me that, you know, the move to voluntary, you know, we've been talking about it for, you know, probably a dozen years and it's been a slow move. And the question is what will actually get that to accelerate and I think it'll be a combination of the changes in the workforce and the changes in the products that are being offered uh, that might actually create the momentum there. Great point. Bobby? One thing, Denise, like you know, we're talking about trends, you said. I think uh, one thing that we did not talk about is the, you know, the broker or the distributor landscape itself, right? You see there is a new entrant of, you know, technology players over there, right? If you look at the new sort of you know, benefit administration platforms that are coming to the market, very tech savvy, they, they have the control over the files and the, the customer data itself, you know, that space is going to be disrupted. You know, are they going to move towards being more brokers, um, you know, as they start to uh, take a cut from the sale as well in terms of incentives, right? So, so that's something that needs to be watched carefully as well. Yep, exactly. To kind of wrap this all up, if you could pick one word to describe the future of insurance for voluntary benefits and group, what would it be and why? Dave, do you want to go first? Sure. Uh, one word. Let's go with personalized. I Ooh. think that the industry, if we really want to both help people and generate greater business, greater revenues, it's being able to understand what they need and being able to offer them what they need when they need it. Couldn't agree more. Bobby. From my perspective, that uh, word would be happening, right? <laughs> That's just predominantly because, you know, they're all sitting on the verge of, you know, transformation. And as we know, that is always a fun place to be at uh, because you are transforming for the future that creates, you know, new opportunities, both in terms of sources for growth, uh, but also sort of improving your efficiency from an organization standpoint. And from a future standpoint, I, I foresee, you know, the, this space to 
continue to be happening over the next few years. And really, if you look at the insurance as a, as a landscape in itself, you know, PNC has gone through its wave, you know, life and annuities has uh, gone through its wave to some extent. Uh, you see a lot of innovation there. Retirement is going through the wave and group and voluntary benefits was the laggard. If you talk, talk about peers, right. And that wave has just sort of, you know, started about four or five years ago, right. So this will continue to be a space that will have a lot of activity, uh, both in terms of, you know, M&A volume that we've seen in the past, but also in terms of just the investment share investments that are, that are going in, going in, and going in these organizations. So. Okay. I would wrap it up to say it's going to be exciting with all that we talked about. Wait a minute, about... we can't get off that easy, Denise. I want to hear your one word. I said exciting. <laughs> exciting because when I think about everything that we talked about here today, it's kind of one of the most exciting times, I think, in the industry for voluntary benefits and group. I mean, we've had some changes in the past, but there's so many opportunities here. While there's a lot of challenges, it also behooves a lot of opportunity and an opportunity for those that really, I think, look to the future, really are very strategic in their thinking, look to that operational business model a uh, different way, and look to this next generation of employees in a workforce that I just see lots of opportunity for those that really can grasp hold of it and really lead and uh, be bold in this future. That's what I see. So it's been great uh, chatting with you two. This is just a, a preview of a lot of conversations we're going to have with people in the industry over the course of the next year as we work together. And I'm looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to the partnership in helping to accelerate the opportunities in the industry. So thank you both, Dave and Abby, for all of your great insights, the work that you do in the industry and for the partnership. Same here. And thank you, Denise. Thank you, Denise.